Alright, and welcome to the Rory's Nitro Podcast, the show that rips up the buy rates and TV ratings and declares our own winner in some of pro wrestling's biggest head-to-head battles. I'm your host, Lee Carlos Cunningham, back once again on my own, looking to go back on the 96 timeline of Raw and Nitro. This week's episode, we'll be looking at the July 29th, 1996 edition of Raw and Nitro, of which Nitro pretty handily won the ratings battle with a 3.1, beating Raw by a full ratings point, who came in at a 2.1 themselves. Despite the fact that Nitro won handily, I still decided to watch Raw first. I'm still in the era where I'm worried about Bischoff spoilers, so I do generally check out Raw first, plus it's a shorter show and easier to chew through. That being said, let's head over to Monday Night Raw and see what Vince McMahon's got to offer. The World Wrestling Federation. For over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. Last week on Raw, a vicious and ruthless attack by this intruder brutalized Ahmed Johnson. As a result, Ahmed has been temporarily sidelined with a ruptured kidney. Tonight, the assailant is once again here. Who is this beast? Where did he come from? And why is Ahmed Johnson his target? We'll find out tonight on Monday Night Raw. Raw starts us off with a recap of Farouk's debut the week before. Yes, that is classic blue helmet Farouk, if you're wondering. Attacking Ahmed Johnson, who is now injured, and we get told our main event of the evening is going to be Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Undertaker. So that's a hell of a main event for Monday Night Raw in 96. But before we get there, we've got a pretty decent match to start with beforehand, and that's Justin Hawk Bradshaw, a pretty fairly new um, face on the scene here, taking on a man who's back and over, Sid. When I say Sid's over, I mean Sid is fucking over. The match gets started with a bit of a slugfest before Sid hits a choke slam to an absolutely an enormous pop. Um, unfortunately, Bradshaw uses the cowbell before he can get the win and picks up a DQ. Zebediah and Bradshaw start a beatdown of Sid who fights back and hits a powerbomb to Bradshaw and then a powerbomb to Zeb as well to close out the segment and look like a fucking beast. Really, really great way to get someone over, and Sid didn't need much help at this point in time. We then go to Sonny with Farouk Assad. Yes, he's got the Assad on his name at this point. And they challenge Ahmed Johnson at SummerSlam. I'll splice this in um, because we get a bit of a, a sort of promo talking about the streets, even though he's wearing a fucking blue gladiator helmet. So a little bit um, confused as to what they're going for here. I'll let you guys be the judge. Modern day gladiator, and I met John. You were pretty funny, huh? Well, I had a bigger surprise for you. Now, didn't I? Now we're gonna get you where it counts and when it counts at SummerSlam for the Intercontinental Championship. This is the champion of the 90s. I bet you this, punk. You got a newfound respect for women, haven't you? This next time you address her, it'll be with a miss or misses in front of it, won't it? Now let me tell you this. 
I heard you come out here talking about brother, this, brother, that. I'm not your brother. You should know there are no guidelines oh. on the street when it comes to fighting. There are no rules that you follow on the street oh. when it comes to fighting. At SummerSlam, I'm going to give you a crash course in what it is to go back in time in the way we've used to fight. I'm bringing that back to you. SummerSlam, I will be 15 pounds heavier, and it'll all be in gold. Get ready. Yeah, Sonny along. After the promo, we go into Vader versus Mark Miro, but we get a commercial before it starts. Jim Cornette joins the commentary team, which is always a treat. We then get Cornette and Lawler calling Sable an ugly dog, which is a little bit rough. Mark Miro is hitting and running on Vader in the early goings here. Um, a poor crucifix before getting hit with Vader's ho train attack and a short clothesline. Vince tells us that next week we'll have a battle royal to determine the number one contender who will get a title shot the night after SummerSlam, that being facing the winner of Shawn Michaels and Vader. I get a crossbody for two from Miro and a somerset, somerset, somersault plancher even and a top rope axe handle. He botches his top rope sunset flip and it's nearly pretty ugly. Um, nearly kills himself, really, Miro. He just um, just misses the head Vader does on the sit-down afterwards as well. So, yeah, all-round ugly spot. Miro comes off the top again, but it gets reversed into a power slam for the 1-2-3 for Vader. And then we see Gorilla Monsoon with Clarence Mason, and I'll splice in what they're discussing right about now. Mason is attempting to bring someone to the WWF and to pick up these comments what? from last week's hearing. Was he not caught with uh, illegal firearms in his possession? Yeah, but... Yeah. Was he also not caught with uh, controlled substances in his possession? Yes, Did but... he not spend time behind bars? But that was only one day. After that, we get the Stridex Slam of the Week, which is Sid on Bradshaw a little bit earlier in the night. And then an Olympic-themed SummerSlam ad. Keep in mind, this is 1996. The Summer Olympic Games are heading to Atlanta, so America will be in Olympic fever right about here. We then go to Vince McMahon with Jose Lothario and Jim Cornette. We get a long promo, pretty much the same as the In Your House one, before he goes to nail Lothario again, gets caught and dropped, and we go to a commercial. When we come back from the commercial, we see that Mankind's attacked Shawn Michaels in the backstage area and locked on the mandible claw. Vince McMahon then shows us footage of Jim Cornette, oh sorry, of Jerry Lawler, losing to Aldo Montoya via the DDT, building up Lawler's match with Jake Roberts at SummerSlam. Our next matchup is a British Bulldog taking on Henry Godwin. We get a promo from Aldo Montoya, who accepts a rematch with Lawler next week, and Owen Hart joins the commentary team to make the evening's guest commentators quite high calibre. We get Sunny on screen telling us that she is um, going to be celebrated by AOL for being the most downloaded celebrity. And it's a bit of a dull match going on with the Bulldog and Henry Godwin while all this is happening. It's quite basic. Owen Hart says he's got to be in the cast for a few more months yet, which is quite funny. We get a vertical suplex from Godwin and a commercial break. When we come back, Godwin sets up for the slop drop, but Owen Hart distracts by kicking the bucket, no less. And the Bulldog sets up his patented power slam for the one, two, three. We then see footage of Mark Henry, who is soon to be a WWF superstar himself, setting a deadlift record, 903 pounds. And yes, it was pretty fucking impressive. After that, we go to our Raw main event, which is Stone Cold taking on The Undertaker. In two years' time, this, of course, will be one of the highest drawing feuds of all time, but right now, it's not quite there. 
We get a weird promo from Mankind, Cuddling Mummy, which is gold dust. And the audio is a little bit out here, so it's not the greatest. We see Mankind in the boiler room again, and we go to a commercial. When we come back, Undertaker's working over Austin's arm, hits a big clothesline before Austin crutches him on the ropes, going for old school, and starts a beatdown. We get the Austin second rope elbow drop. Undertaker ties Austin in the ropes and hits him with some strikes, and we see Mankind walking out as we go to a commercial break. Bit of a back and forth ends with Austin hitting a pile driver before Undertaker returns a favor from earlier and crutches Stone Cold. Hits a clothesline off the top, and then Mankind comes out to the ring and brawls with The Undertaker, allowing The Undertaker to be counted out. When he comes back, he hits a tombstone pile driver on Austin for good measure. Vince McMahon comes out to chat to The Undertaker, and it's not a great promo to end the show, but overall, Monday Night Raw was a pretty decent effort here. One of the better ones they've had in recent memory, so no real filler, no terrible matches. Bulldog and Godwin was was average, but everything had a star in it at the very least, so I definitely can see that Nitro is forcing them to up their game a little bit. That being said, that's a raw portion of the show over, and it's now halftime. Peace, God. Peace, God. Now the shit is explained. I'm taking niggas on a trip straight through memory lane. It's like that, y'all. It's like that, y'all. It's like that. As these shows go on, normally we do a little trip down memorabilia lane for halftime, but I'm running out of merchandise that I had as a kid to really sit in the memory for every single episode, so I've decided occasionally I'm going to splice in the middle here a two-minute movie review. Nothing major, just a quick rundown of a film you may or may not have seen, uh, generally something I've watched recently, and whether or not I think it's worth watching. So to start with, I'll run down a film I watched last night, and that is 2011's Moneyball. Moneyball stars Jonah Hill and Brad Pitt as Billy Bean and, sorry, as Peter Brand and Billy Bean, respectively, GM and assistant GM, maybe, of the Oakland A's baseball team. And it's all about a couple of guys running a baseball team, deciding to go away from traditional ways of scouting players and doing it via statistics and percentages. Pretty interesting film, um, well acted, good premise, had some funny bits and some emotional bits and I'm a big fan of a sports film. I'm not the biggest baseball fan in the world, but definitely enjoyable and worth the watch. So if you haven't seen Moneyball, definitely get to the thumbs up from me. And that's pretty much all I'm going to do on these movie reviews. I'm going to let you know what I've watched, what it's about, and whether or not I think you should watch it. And I can at times focus on certain genres of film. So I'm going to put out there to people that may or not may or may not be into that form of film, whether or not I think the casual or neutral fan would watch it, and I definitely think most people would enjoy Moneyball. So give it a watch if you haven't done yet, and if you've got any movies you think you'd like to hear a two-minute review on, hit them. Uh, hit me up on Twitter, fire them my way. I am by no means a movie critic. I like what I like, and that's pretty much it. I'm your average guy when it comes to that, but I do watch plenty of them, so figured I would share in here. Awesome. That'll do it for half time. Enough chatting about Moneyball, and let's head back over to Moneybags Eric Bischoff's Nitro.
as we come to you live for two solid hours of the best in professional wrestling, live from the Disney Antion Studios in Orlando, Florida. As always, a capacity crowd for the two hours that have set the standard in our sport. Nitro, of course, is still in the middle of the NWO angle. And we start this show off with Tony Schiavone and Larry Zabisco running down the show. We always start with those two guys and do the halfway swap over, which they're still, I guess, trying to get down pat. It's not quite smooth just yet. And Zabisco debuts a line that he would run into the ground quite quickly, the New World Odor. We're showing footage of the Outsiders outside Saturday night, and then... We see Lex lured out by a phone call and they attack Sting, or lured back in by a phone call, I should say, and they attack Sting in the parking lot as they were leaving together. When we come into Live Nitro, we get started off with Mike Enos taking on Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And what I said earlier about every match having a star, an ex-Beverly brother versus Hacksaw is not my version of that, so straight away I'm all over Nitro jumping on them for serving up this crap. Jim Duggan thwarts the early attempt to jump him and they go into a slugfest. Mike Enos slams Duggan very gently on the concrete floor and I'm not saying he should just be thrown down on the concrete, just don't do the spot. He sells it for approximately two seconds, so I guess he realised how crappy it looked and the ugly sloppy match continues. Enos hits a clothesline and locks in a chin lock, rinse and repeat. Duggan... um, like Jerry Lawler, I guess, is probably great for the live crowd, but boring as shit for people watching at home. I know Lawler gets a lot of crowd interaction and people say, oh, have you seen him live? And I, I guess Duggan's similar, but yeah. Never having lived in America, I never watch them live. I just watch this shit on TV regularly. There's empty seats in the front row, which is also not a great sign for Nitro. Um, just poor planning, I guess. I'm guessing people have filled those seats, but they've just let them in the middle of the first match not be there. Larry Zabisco mentions the empty seats, so no point trying to hide at WCW production staff. We get a double shoulder block and both men go down. Mikey Enos hits a neck breaker for a two and then a suplex. The referee's distracted and Jim Duggan gets about three strips of tape on his fist and punches Enos for the one, two, three. On the hamlock scale, this really does rank right up there. 7 out of 10 for being absolutely shit. How is putting three bits of masking tape on your fingers going to make a punch deadly? For fuck's sake, like honestly, it just insults my intelligence and it's Mike Enos versus Axel Jim Duggan. So there you are. It was very long, a shit ending and had no heat all the way through, by the way, in case you think I'm being harsh. Gene's in with Jim Duggan, who does cut a pretty decent promo on Hulk Hogan, which I'll splice in here. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. We are live from Orlando. This is Nitro. A lot of things happening. Very heavy security, by the way, I should point out, around this particular facility here at Disney MGM. Hacksaw Jim Duggan coming off a victory. Highly questionable, but I think we've got other things to talk about, namely the New World Order. What's your take on what's going on right now? Hold on a sec, folks. Hold on a second. You know, everybody's just wondering, Hawk, what have you done? What have you done to us? Not just your friends, not just your family, not just your countrymen, but as fans, Gene, the young kids that really looked up to you, that really believed in your Hulkster. I've been with you for almost 20 years. I've gone to the Make-A-Wish Foundation with you. I've been to the Special Olympics. I know what's in your heart. So what's wrong with you, Hulk? Why turn your back on everything that you used to love? 
Why turn your back on everything that loved you? I don't understand. I had you over to my home. Jeannie's held my two little girls in his arms. The first word my oldest spoke was Hulkster. I've got to look her in the eye and tell her what kind of man you are. Hulkster, you're a great technical wrestler, but I don't want to wrestle you. I want to beat you up. All right, I thank you, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I'm not certain we can use the analogy, but it might be appropriate. You take a good apple, you put it into a basket of bad apples, and well, not set. The keen ears on most of you will have laughed at him calling Hulk Hogan a great technical wrestler, but overall, I've never been a big Duggan fan and do shit on him regularly on the show, but that was a good promo, so well done, Hacksaw. We go to commercial, we get one for Slim Jim, and we're told we'll see Benoit versus the Macho Man on Saturday night, and that should be a hell of a show. When we come back, it's time for our next match, the Four Horsemen, or Ric Flair, Mongo, and Benoit at least, versus Sting, the Macho Man, and Lex Luger. Great match, but we go to a commercial again before it gets started. We see the live-action version of Glacier's commercial. He is definitely coming soon, as is the new Mortal Kombat movie, so there's a great little tie-in. Macho Man dumps the fruit platter on Ric Flair's table all over him, and the story so far in the match is Flair avoiding Macho. Ric Flair kisses Liz to sucker him in, and then the heels attack him and beat him down. Lex hits a delayed vertical suplex. There's lots of fast-paced action revolving around Ric Flair. Lots of good classic Sting and Flair action in the middle of the ring as well. Benoit hits a snap suplex, and then Jimmy Hart runs out to say the outsiders are in the back, and the match comes to a halt, and we get that classic angle where Larry Zabisco will yell out the line, they got baseball bats. I can't do it as good as him. I'm going to splice in some of his commentary right about now. He said we need help. Where are they going? They're going. Luger. Luger. Stick. Wait a minute. We go to the back. Arn Anderson down. There they are. They got baseball bats. The coward jerks. That's Marcus Bagwell. Wait a minute! All the, all, everybody's left the ring here, and th- there's Rey Mysterio. Hey, he dove up. That's Rey Mysterio. There's the cruiserweight champion, Rey Mysterio. Oh no! Hey! Head first into the trailer in the back. He threw him like he was a dart. Arn Anderson, the first man we saw down. All six wrestlers have left the ring. So we see the classic lawn dart angle, and the one thing I'd probably forgotten is Macho Man jumping on the roof and trying to climb through the sunroof of the limo as it drove off. Great angle, though. This was really hot shit, so well done, WCW, as we go out to our next commercial. Double A's selling big time from the attacks. There's a lot of stretches and ambulances. We go to another commercial, but Bischoff tells us on commentary that they're putting this scrambling to put together new matches as we speak. When we come back, one of those matches is High Voltage versus the Steiner Brothers. And it's um, Eric Bischoff with um, has come under the commentary. Steiner's selling the angle. I'm sorry, Eric Bischoff's come under the commentary team with the Hour One commentator. So we've not flicked over. It's not gone to Bobby Heenan and Bischoff. The Steiners during the match, of course, are looking over their shoulder and selling this. The commentators are not are selling that they don't know what's going to happen to the Macho Man. We get a double drop kick from high voltage, a double team slam before Rage at the top rope shoulder for a two. 
Scotty comes back with a tilt-a-whirl slam, an underhook, and the Steiner screwdriver, which is nasty for the 1-2-3. Great finishing move there from Scott Steiner. We then go to our next matchup, which is Big Bubba versus Eddie Guerrero. Um, great touch as Penza the, uh, Michael Penza the Rins, Dave Penza, sorry, I don't know where I got Michael from. Dave Penza, the ring announcer, announces this as a standby match to really sell the angle. Eric Bischoff says Bobby Heenan chose not to be at ringside, so that's why he's on with the hour one commentary team. We get a drop kick from Guerrero, a flapjack from Bubba, a back suplex from Eddie, a camel clutch and a hoe train attack for a two, and then a bear hug and the boss man slam for a two. It's pretty slow and all boss man for a little while here, rest hold, before we get a cluster of a finish with an unsuccessful megaphone toss and a roll up for the one, two, three from Guerrero, Bubba and Jimmy Hart argue as we go out to our last commercial. We get told the NWO have paid for commercial time and it's far too long, but I will splice a little bit of it in here for you all to listen to as it's very early days in this kind of stuff. The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. You know, it's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it. People are wondering who's going to be next. Don't call us, we'll call you. Yeah, it's invitation only there, chicos. Well, you talk about the money. You talk about beating people up. Well, it's a new world order, and I hope it's okay, because there's nothing you can do about it. That's right. Power, fame, <laughs> money, and now our own corporations. You know, think about it. N-W-O. We're new. We're taking over world championship wrestling, and we're giving all the orders. It's the new way. Is that okay, Billionaire Ted? You don't like it? Come and fight. Is WCW even going to fight, or are we just going to take it? We make the choices. Wait for the call. <laughs> we get a replay of the big attack from the Outsiders, and then it's time for our main event. Arn Anderson, of course, is selling from earlier, and he was meant to get the title shot against the Giant. But don't fear, we've got a suitable replacement. <laughs> when I say suitable replacement, think Savio Vega and No Way Out 98, and you'll get three levels above what this is. It's Greg the fucking Hammer Valentine taking on the Giant in 1996 for the world title. Oh, my goodness. Big Show versus Greg the Hammer Valentine or Stone Cold versus The Undertaker. <laughs> it's really hard to say which show had the better main event, isn't it? The good news is the Giant makes pretty short work of him. He no-sells some chops and clotheslines um, and a top rope axe handle from Greg before hitting the choke slam. Times two, two of them, four or one, two, three. He looks up at the camera and tells Hulk Hogan to listen close. Then Gene comes out for a chat. He cuts a promo on him, calls him a con man. I'll splice some of that in here to end as the promo from the Giant is actually quite decent with me and Gene here at the end of the show. Shivani in for Eric Bischoff. Let's end by going to Mean Gene Okum. Gene. All right, guys, I thank you very much. We are concluding this evening one of the, I guess, most different two hours that I've ever been part of. Of course, what happened at the beginning of this program, a little different tenor here at the conclusion. As I talk to the man who's the WCW heavyweight champion of the world, he is the giant, and in short order on Saturday, August the 10th, at Hogwild, this man is going to be facing Hollywood Hulk Hogan and his new world order. Well, you know something mean, Gene? I've been to the top of the mountain, brother. I've walked through the valley of the shadow of death. Wait a minute. Have you lost your marbles, Giant? 
That's a knockoff on Hogan. <laughs> no, I just wanted to explain to you people at home how easy it is to fall into that con trap. Because, you know, that's exactly what Hulk Hogan did. He conned America. He told America what they wanted to hear. He made them believe in what they needed to believe in. The problem was, is he didn't believe in it himself. He comes along now in WCW with his two piranhas. He started the NWO because he knew he could never be the big fish in WCW. Right here in WCW, I have beaten the finest athletes in the world. While you're making movies, I'm defending this title with every bit of honor in my body. You want your new world order? Your two piranhas? This is WCW. I guarantee you, WCW, if we don't hang together, we all will hang separately. Hogan, I've got a choke slam noose that's going to fit just right around your neck. All right, perhaps a little bonding on the part of the superstars in World Championship Wrestling. Quickly, Jimmy Hart, before we leave the air. Mean Gene, you've known me for most of my professional wrestling career. I eat and sleep professional wrestling 24 hours a day. Sometimes I lie so much, I believe what I'm lying about myself. And one day I'll have to pay for the things I've done. But I promise you this, and Hogwild Hogan will take you out. Thank you. And yeah, overall, I pretty decent episode of raw and nitro it's going to be a bit of a tough one to call so let's fire up and see which way we go i'm going to start out with match quality and i'm going to give this one to raw um as i said their matches were better the steiners were were a bright spot as was some of eddie guerrero's offense but overall raw had the best matches but the reason why i'm starting out with matches which i normally end with is because i feel as though this may not be the deciding factor on this night so let's get that one out of the way early Production value, I'm actually going to go to WCW. There was a few little snafus with stuff in the WWF, but the way they cut from, you know, it was almost that angle. Well, you've, you've all seen it before, but it kind of reminds you of like an episode of Cops or something, and it was a really big win for them to outproduce the WWF. So bravo to the WCW staff on that night. Characters, I'm going to go with a tie because I think, WCW had a lot of big names on, but Raw was big name only for every match, whereas a you know a Mike Enos versus Hacksaw probably drags WCW down a level, as does Greg the Hammer being in the main event. But overall, I thought they definitely got all their stars on the show in a smart way. It just wasn't the way we're, we're used to. Storyline has to be Nitro, one of the best storylines in the history of our sport. Yes, Tony Giovanni, I'm stealing your line. And then for crowd heat, I'm probably going to go with WCW. Uh, Actually, I'm probably going to have to go with a tie because of Sid. I thought he was supremely over, and the crowd did get into Raw. WCW was just a far better show, so their crowd did get into it. Plus, probably having your announcer point out the fact that the front row is empty is not a great look either. But overall, a pretty solid win for Nitro. I think Raw was a good show, but... It's a 1996 Raw, and they're just getting back up on the ascendancy, whereas the NWO angle and WCW is firing on all cylinders, so it would be wrong for me to give it to Raw, even though I really enjoyed Raw. Overall, though, definitely two of the episodes of Raw and Nitro worth watching if you're not in America and they've not taken it all away from you. Over here in Australia, we do still have the network, so I'm really 
sorry, I don't mean to brag, but it is one of the good things we've got going for us over here. <laughs> and I will be back with you very shortly as well because I decided to watch the last, well, not the last ever, but the last for over a decade Saturday night's main event to go against that Clash of the Champions I accidentally watched to review with Richie and throw an extra little bonus show at you guys. So that will be coming up very soon as well. And I'll be back on this Raw and Nitro timeline, awaiting for any of my regular guest hosts to decide they're ready to watch some new wrestling and catch up again soon. So we'll try and keep them coming um, semi-regularly. I've been, the last few months, a little bit off-kilter. Um, a lot on my plate through work and football and whatnot, but I will try and get a couple in the can and try and stay a bit more semi-regular for all you guys now. Um, listens have definitely gone up a lot, so there's more people enjoying the show, so I probably should keep it going. Anyway, that'll do it for me today. Thank you all for listening. As always, hit me up on Twitter, drop me an email, uh, reach out any way you like, and if you want to contribute to the show in any way, shape, or form, it's always welcome. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a good day, night, depending on whereabouts in the world you are. The end is here, the game is over, no more pretending.